Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears, we will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast and get bonus content as a thank you, please check us out at patreon.com fatjoy. I am so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fat Joy Podcast. I'm Sophia, and I am with a wonderful couple who I've been following on Insta for a little while, and they were just like so adorable (laughs) in the videos and with their content that I reached out and I said, hey, like, would both of you like to come and be on the show? And they said, yes. So today I have Tamara Lamise Garland and her husband, Jeremy C. Garland. I'm so happy to have you both. Welcome. Oh, hi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Yeah, so thrilled. When I saw your email, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm already following you. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Yay. So yeah, so excited to be here. Oh, so good. And I don't, I've not had a couple on before. So I'm, I, I'm so excited to dive into, into like, being in relationship, Tamara, you're fat. Jeremy, you're not like, how does that show up in relationship? Cause that's like my marriage as well. Like I'm fat. My husband isn't. And it's, it's kind of trippy. There's some things that show up that are unexpected. There are things that are expected. So I just want to like dive into like being in a relationship in this way and what it's been like for you. So we're going to, that's kind of where we're going to go. Um, but let's start with both of you introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes. Oh, I can't ready. I can't wait to get into like, this conversation. And I'm really excited that we're the first. So we're going to have to set the standard. So oh. A game. All right. I'm ready. I'm A game. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. So I'm Tamara. I am a life coach. I specialize in, actually, I specialize in serving plus size women, um, but I'm also a mindset and mindfulness coach. I'm a little bit of a business coach when people ask. And uh, we also are entrepreneurs. We have a company called Dozeland Creative, where we've done everything from marketing, branding for small businesses, also uh, e-commerce, design work, uh, published uh book or journal for a client. So we kind of do a lot of stuff. And I'm also the social media director for NAFA, which is the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. And um, I'm in my second year of being the social media director. And I love it. Love it so much. There's so much exciting stuff going on with NAFA right now. So, so cool. So cool. Well done. And some that I can't tell you yet, but there are some good Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks, Tamara. And Jeremy, what about you? Hi, I'm Jeremy Garland. I am a creative director, poet, writer, um, and uh, supportive husband to my wife here. Uh, (laughs) 
also the the proud parent of two little fur babies, uh, our little dog and cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just uh, uh, I I enjoy basketball, swimming, and uh, a lot of other things too. Mm-hmm. And can I brag on you for a second? Because you've like you're an accomplished poet. You've published. Indeed, yeah, I've, I've published two books. Um, way back when I was involved in poetry slams, and uh, I, I performed at the National Poetry Slam, representing my city of Baton Rouge at the time. And uh, I also founded and, and hosted a, uh, a poetry open mic in Baton Rouge, where I brought in poets from all over the country. We had touring poets come in uh, all the time. Um, they stayed with me <laughs> for a night or two, and then they would do a feature at the open mic and uh yeah good time was had by all that would be so fun i love that they stayed with you how cool is that <laughs> like the original airbnb but like on yeah. his couch. <laughs> <laughs> couch surfing poets i love it i love yeah. it um and i'm so excited because normally at the end of every episode i choose a poem and i read it and but today jeremy's gonna read um several haikus and I won't spoil like why they were created. We'll have you explain that at the end. Cause like I melted when you told me the origin story of, of what you'll be reading. So, so very excited for that too. All right. So thank you for giving us a sense of who you are. And now my second question, which as you know, is about the journey with relationship to the word fat. And I'm really curious to hear both of your experiences with this word. So whoever wants to start. Probably should be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the fat person. <laughs> I'm the first. Yes. Um, <laughs> so for me, um, the word fat has been like thrown around a lot uh, in my youth. I was a fat kid. Um, I've been fat my whole life. Uh, and I remember my mom saying to me when I would get called fat in school and would be upset about it, she would say, you may be a little fat, honey, but you're not ugly. So all, so since a young age, it's been fat, but not ugly. And so having to change that, and I kind of shifted that probably, um, oh, in my 30s, my early 30s, I got, a, got into this life of there's more to life than trying to change your body constantly. Um, so yeah, my thirties is probably when I started going, yeah, I can, I identify as a fat person. I am a fat person. And that does not like mean something negative to me. That separation is such a big deal to like disconnect from all of the attachments that have been told that we should give the word fat. Tamara, I'm always really curious, like, what was the doorway into that for you? I'm trying to think because it all happened around the same time. When I started, like, getting really into personal development, then I felt super lonely in that space. I felt like there was no one that was talking about be living in a larger body, loving yourself in a larger body. I read The Self-Love Experiment by Shannon Kaiser, is it? And that was like my first book by someone in a larger body talking about self-love. And so it was just like little trickle slowly. And then um, I can't remember if there was like one moment where it was just like, I'm fat, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Actually, it's so funny how you feel so far removed sometimes from 
how you get here. Oh, that's a terrible way to answer that question. No, it, it makes so much sense because for a lot of people it is like for me, it was really gradual. It was suddenly like I was using this word and I'm like, oh, when did I start using this word fat? Like, I don't even remember, but I just did. So for, for I was, your story sounds very similar to mine. So I'm really relating to it because it was, because mine sparked when I started my coach training and my eyes were opened in this new way. And it was like, and it did feel really lonely. Like, I love that you mentioned loneliness because that was, that's true for a lot of people when they start to do growth work. Yeah. And then, so you just kind of started embracing it and then you've built a whole business around it. Yeah. And when I started my coaching business, I, um, it was Tamara Lamy's self-love and confidence coach for plus size women. And I actually took, did a poll on my Instagram, my Facebook, asking people how they felt about the word fat versus plus size and what would they prefer to see in like marketing or, or in me naming my business. And overwhelmingly it was, I do not like the word fat. I do not like the word fat. Um, I, I only use the word plus size. The word plus size feels more positive. And so I kind of was like, oh man, I really wanted to like coin myself as like the fat coach. But I also understand what it feels like to be there and to still be in that headspace and, and living in that reality and wanting to go, okay, well, I want to include you. I want you to, not to feel turned off if you see, you know, come to this fat thing or fat this. I wanted people that aren't ready yet to be still embraced so that they can get on that journey. Because I really think everyone, no one should be uncomfortable with using the word fat as a descriptor. It should just be a word. Beautiful. I love that. It is so inclusive that way. And it was interesting, my conversation with Virgie Tovar, she said something very similar, which was because she always uses body positivity and she does use fat liberation sometimes, but we were talking about that and it was the same thing. She's like, because I want, I want to invite people and she goes, and then I change their minds, <laughs> which I thought was great, right? It's like, there's a difference between the marketing message and the mission. And I just, I think about that a lot and what, with what you said. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Jeremy, how about you? What's What's been your journey with the, with the word fat? Interesting. I did not grow up fat. Um, I was actually like a, a beanpole tiny kid for most of my life. Um, I do. Shortest also. Oh, like yes. not just was, thinnest, but like the tiniest in his whole, all his classes. I was the smallest kid in school. Yeah. Um, and, Adorable. <laughs> the cutest thing. Just this big. <laughs> But, you know, diet culture found its way into my world. <laughs> anyway, um, I do remember my grandmother when I was like 12 saying uh, saying that I was getting a little chubby or something like that and um, uh, pinching my stomach or something like that. And I stopped eating for a while after that. I stopped eating lunch at school um, and I, I lost more weight. So, yeah, I was I was back to being like just a beanpole tiny child. Uh, for the, for the rest of my adolescence, pretty much. Um, and then I guess I didn't really think about it too much. You know, I've always, um, I always dated fat girls, um, actually all kinds of, you know, taller than me, short, you know, shorter. Most of them were bigger because I am so small. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like just a natural thing. It's, it's, there aren't many people smaller than me or there weren't at the time, especially. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I, I hadn't really thought about it until Tamara started getting into the, to her journey a little bit deeper. And then I, I'm learning a lot more and, and just kind of dissembling and deconstructing those ideas that are baked into our culture, really, and, and baked into our society where fat equals bad. And that's just an accepted, accepted as fact. And, and it's not right. I remember when um, when I started using the word fat for myself quite a lot and you were still like, okay, but like you wouldn't say it. And I would be, I would like, and he say I'm fat. <laughs> he would be like, no, and like, say I'm fat. And he'd be like, no, babe. I'm like, honey, it's not an insult. You can do it. You can do it. Say, this is my fat wife. And he'd be like, like shaking, and he's like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to make upset you. I don't want to make you feel sad, you know. <laughs> so like he, but I'm like, I'm really, a, I'm a very challenging person. <laughs> so I got it out of him. But um, every now and then, if he'll say something like, "Oh, that fat girl," da da da, for watching TV, I'll say, "How dare you?" And then he'll go say something wrong and i'm like no 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 you're mean fine. mean <laughs> i love it terrible yeah yeah i get that though i was saying before we started recording that the tv remind me a lot of me and my husband who is not fat and who has always liked women in bigger bodies but until me again like had never dated someone who was a fat activist and you know out and proud around the word fat and it's it was it's been a journey for him too to kind of like say I'm but you know what I have not done that I'm going to do immediately as soon as we're done recording is be like say tell me I'm your fat wife <laughs> I'm just so curious to see <laughs> what his face will be like um, well, yeah, please record that yeah I know right I'm going to be like uh, yeah put on my Insta <laughs> be horrified I think um, and so Jeremy like as as Tamara was kind of going because how long have you all been together? Almost nine years. Yeah. yeah. Nine years. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, so when you met Tamara, were you using the word fat or this has been, you've been together through this evolution? Yeah. When I was, when we met, no, I wasn't. Um, I was doing the thing that we don't do anymore. And I was saying BBW. Yes. Is okay. That's good to know. Is BBW gone? I haven't used it in forever either, but from the social medias, it should be gone. Like, cause now BBW is like a fetish term and not uh, a descriptor. So um, yeah, I was saying BBW back then, but again, that was like Twitter had not Twitter. Um, what's a tender? I don't even know what they're called the dating apps. Tinder. Tinder had like just started when we met and we, and I had, so I've never even, I've never used any of the apps or anything like that. So I don't know what people are saying, but Back in my day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> BBW, big girl, thick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, Jeremy, what's so as you've been kind of like been part of this journey as well, I know one of my one of the things my husband says, it's like, he's like, I feel like I'm in the matrix because I've shown him a world of the what I would say is the real world of systemic oppression and it's like it's been it's been that's been a real journey for him too like are do you feel like that do you feel like you're kind of in matrix sometimes with now you see the world differently i i would say so it's for me it's more of opening a, another door i think because i've always been into activism and uh just 
supporting anyone who's facing systemic oppression that's been part of it and and learning hey here's another group that needs my support great i'm there count me in i have to ask about like how you two met what do you have like a meet cute uh, sorta. <laughs> we have a meet. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Yeah, we were we were uh, we met online on, on a dating site, and BBW Cupid. <laughs> oh, there was BBW Cupid. Uh huh. Oh, I missed that one. Okay, you Continue. didn't miss much. Okay. <laughs> So we chatted for a little while, but uh, we were living in LA at the time and she was living in Pasadena and I was living on the West side and with traffic, that's like an hour and a half drive back and forth. So I was like, no, no, I can't do that. That's too much. And so we stopped talking. She says I ghosted her. He ghosted me. We were texting. We had this great text back and forth and we were, I was like, oh, he's so witty. I'm like, he's short, whatever, but he's witty. He's fun. And then like, he just stopped texting me. Sounds like ghosting. Uh-huh. But Jeremy yeah. says, no, Jeremy, what do you think happened? I, I think we stopped texting each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he tried it. He tried it. <laughs> he really tried <laughs> Yeah. Then I went on like a string of really awful dates, like all in a week. I'm a, I'm, I've always been a quality, a quantity over quality daver (laughs) because I feel like, especially as a fat person, you really got to weed through the people who are terrible. Like the fetishes, the like really like people who are really like aimed at objectifying a part or parts of your body. And sometimes it's not obvious um <clears throat> so i went on a string of really awful dates that i won't go into detail but they were all funny in their own right um and so then i was going through my phone one night sitting at home deleting people's numbers i was like never going to talk to you again you are weird you creep me out you seem a little racist like i'm just like going through deleting people and i came to his number and i was like who is this so I scrolled up and I started reading our conversation and I was like, oh, look at us banter. Like we're super cute. And I scrolled up a little bit more and I saw his picture and I was like, oh yeah, he's so cute. He has such a nice smile. So I texted him and I was like, hey, have you found the girl of your dreams yet? Oh. And I replied, no, I haven't met you. Oh, look at this natural <laughs> banter. I was like, I'm getting in my car now. <laughs> right? He was like, well, have you found the man of your dreams yet? I was like, well, no, I haven't met you. And then he goes, you know what? We have to go on a date. What's your week like? When can you hang out? And uh, so we went on a date on like a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He suggested karaoke, which I thought. That is a baller move for a first date. Yes. And I was like, you are a fool. Because at the time, he knew that I was a working professional singer. So I was like digging constantly and I was like, he's either going to embarrass the living daylights out of himself and I will never respect him (laughs) or, you know, maybe this is, I don't know, who's a good singer. Maybe this is Ed Sheeran and I didn't know it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, oh, he didn't like that one. (laughs) Prince. And are you a singer? Like, do you sing, Jeremy? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's like a karaoke guy. Like, so he does karaoke all the time and he got up and sang a Prince song and 
nailed it. Sophia, every note was perfect because I was listening. I was like, how, like, this is bold, sir. Like everything was amazing. And I was just kind of like blown away. I was yeah, like, that's okay. it. Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we can hang. <laughs> <laughs> and then but how did you manage the, like the hour and a half distance, the traffic and all that? Did it, did it stop mattering as much? Oh gosh. Well, we moved in together after two months. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Pretty much solved yeah. it that way. Yeah. That's a good way to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came to Pasadena, I think once or twice. I think two times. Yeah. Yeah. He went, he came to my place in Pasadena twice. The second time he started gathering like drawers of clothes and putting it in my car going, you know what? You might as well just like get your stuff because you know, we want to be together. So just, I'm like, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. I love it. There's so many parallels with me and my husband. Same thing. He was in about an hour with traffic, an hour and a half, two hours away. And we moved in after six months. It was like, yeah, this is how you solve this problem. <laughs> you just go for it. Yeah. You just like dive in. I mean, it helped me that I was like making $22,000 a year. So I couldn't afford my apartment anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I love the practicality piece as well. That matters. You know, I'm like, wow. this makes sense for me. <laughs> we, we did have to have a fun conversation with her parents before we moved in together. That, that was. <laughs> yeah. My parents are both from the South, West Virginia and Alabama, and they're very Christian, very traditional. So we had to like go over to their house sit my mom down. My dad was out of town. So we had to have a second conversation when he came back hmm. and, you know, say, Jeremy and I are really invested in our relationship and we want to move in together. And my mom, I will never forget. She goes, oh, Tam, you know, we don't do shacking. Shacking. <laughs> it took me a minute to really figure out what she was saying. Yeah, I like was shacking like up. Yes. Uh -huh. I was like, shacking. I was like, shacking. I was like, oh, Lord. Mom. And funny enough, her and my dad moved in together after dating for six months. So, oh, uh, I mean, then they have nothing to stand on. Yeah. <laughs> he did when my dad came back. He did have to promise my dad that he would marry me. That's amazing. And now it's been nine years you've been together. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We. Nine. Great years of adventure. Yeah. We have so much fun together and we really <laughs> do carve out like as much as we can from this life. We try to like have a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. I just want to go into all the intricacies of your relationship. However, I'm going to like, I'm going to come back to, <laughs> to fatness. And I would also say blackness, right, Tamara? Like, so you're an, in, do we still use the term interracial? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, you're an interracial couple. So there's a couple, there's like multiple marginality, marginalizations at play. And I'm just so curious if, as you all move through the world, like, does fatness, does the fact that you're black show and you're with Jeremy, who is Jeremy, am I right in assuming you're white? Do you present white? So I don't want to make an assumption though. So, yeah, like, how does this stuff show up? in your lives? What do you, what have you noticed? What have you experienced? Maybe it doesn't, but I'm really curious about oh, it. Oh no, it totally oh, does. Okay. <laughs> One of the reasons, so we tend to match or dress alike. One of the reasons is one, we like it and we're kind of like fun that way. But another reason is because people never think we're together. 
Like, anywhere. Anywhere. Ever. Grocery <laughs> store, sitting at a dinner table, sitting at a bar. How could you not be together if you're at the same two-person table at a restaurant? Like, what do people do? How do you know they think you're not together? Oh, because they ask if we want separate checks. <laughs> Constantly. Like, don't let us go through the line at like a Chipotle or something, or like a place where you have to walk through and get your food. Because like, if he goes first and he his orders up and then mine's next, and the person will not even look at me. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> and so I pu- I push I'm like that burrito too, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, and they look at me kind of strange, and they'll look at him only and go. Mm-hmm. Is this, is okay? this okay together? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. And I imagine f- I'm just, I'm trying to like, I want to slow that situation down because it's fascinating from the context of like all the oppressive shit that is in our world. Like I imagine for them, it's so instinctual. It's so unconscious. They just question without thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that hurts my heart. Does that, how, how do you, how do you guys deal with that? Like even just like a simple thing, like, or not simple, but like a small moment like that. You know, a lot of times with humor, um, I'm a big jokester. And so I think because I'm also like really like people focused, like I'm very empathetic. I'm very like, I understand that there's so many layers to our mind and how we present things. So I, one of, I br- try to bring a little levity to it because at like when they realize like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of rude that I would have just did, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'm like, oh yeah, he, yeah, he better be paying. He has the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, sugar daddy's paying today, you know, like, or so like I try to make a joke out of it, you know, <laughs> um, I think the only time when I kind of internalize like how far we are not as a society is when we're in the South. Mm. Since Jeremy's from Baton Rouge, we go to New Orleans quite a bit and I have some family in Atlanta. So we're in Georgia um, a bit and the confusion looks sometimes still. Oh yeah. Uh, the last time we were in Atlanta and I hate to say it, the and I didn't even notice. Jeremy said to me, we were walking through, were, were you in the airport? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh man, babe, it's you get a lot of looks today. I'm like, I am? I was like, oh, I like my underwear hanging out. I'm like, what? like, what's going on? Like, tell me if there's something on my face. And he's like, no, we're just, you're getting a lot of dirty looks. I'm like, oh, so because we're interracial and also mixed size, I feel like they kind of just meld together when you see us. And he was like, yeah, I was like, oh, from who? Is it a bunch of like white men? And he's like, no, it's black women. No, interesting. And that's the first time that I had really like experience. And I started, so I started to like look around as we're walking, poor people in the airport, because I'm like, um, <laughs> looking at them like, what are you thinking? Um, but yeah, I started to notice that I was getting a lot of side eyes, a lot of eye rolls. And, and I'd never experienced that before. Most For the most part, I've experienced Black men being upset. I've had like Black men say to me, audibly in my face oh you gonna do us like that and I've also like been with another partner before Jeremy um my girlfriend was white uh from the midwest so very white presenting and I we used to get looks and we used to get black men actually 
approaching us. Like if we're, we were on a beach one day and we, a group of black guys passed us and I was like, got tense immediately. And they were just like, mm, mm, how could she? And I was just like, wow. So it's, it's really interesting um, to get that. I feel like sometimes in the South, I don't think you've noticed, especially in Louisiana, you get a lot of dirty looks from white men. Mm, probably. Yeah. So it's just, it's a really strange and interesting thing. <laughs> does it make you feel, I'm just thinking I'm about that and like, does it make you feel unsafe? Like there's like an unsafety feeling that is like in my body right now around that. Because that level of like, yeah, the, the how dare you energy feels mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. scary to me. You know, I used to when I was with my ex-girlfriend, I did. I definitely did. I think nowadays I do I feel really safe with Jeremy and I really and I feel really safe in my own countenance where I feel like, you know, I'm not inviting anything that can hurt me into my little bubble. And so I feel very confident and and protected in that way. And I also I'm a, I'm a coach, so I have multi-layered ways of like protecting myself. I, I also go, my phone's really close, so I can pop on my video. This is this is really close. I'm looking around going, okay, I can do that. I can do this. I'm always trying to like plan B, C, D, E. So I do, I feel comfortable and safe. And there is, there's an emotional labor to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if you're like an energy practitioner, the way you described, like, I'm not letting anything into my bubble. Like, do you do that kind no, of? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yet. Okay. I have a, my, my really dear friend, and I'm also her business coach. She's a Reiki master. And so she's been trying to get me attuned for about a year and a half. So <laughs> I, I would say not yet. She'll probably attune me and I'll be like, Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jeremy, what it's, what's it like for you in those situations? Like, do you find like, are you worrying about anything when you're like, especially in that airport where you were noticing all these looks, like what, what was going on for you? Yeah, I think mostly I don't worry about it. Well, I say I don't, I don't worry about it for myself. I worry about it for her. And so I become heightened in, in how alert I am and just my awareness of my surroundings increases because I want to be able to see anything that's coming our way and react to it before, before it happens really. So I, I do, I am kind of on alert in those situations. So pretty much our anxiety is always on a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where you live now, are you still in kind of like the California area where you were before? We're in Vegas now. Oh, you're in Vegas now. Okay. So yeah. d- d- does it not happen as much in Vegas? Not as much, I don't think. Not the blatant, like, like word, like verbal attacks. Yeah. Um. The looks. Looks every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks every and, now yeah, and then. But at the grocery attacks. store, we still get. You know, she comes and puts something on the belt after me. They look at me every time. Uh, <laughs> literally last week in Target, I was running to get some yogurt. Came back and was like looking for him. And was like, oh, there you are, and like through the yogurt because he was done. He was like almost wrapping up. And the poor like little checkout kid, he had to be like 15 or 16. He looked like so tiny, so young, I should say. And he was like, he just looked at Jeremy and was like, (laughs) 
what do I do with this information? And Jeremy had to go, yes. Just, just bring it up. Yes. <laughs> it's so, it just reminds me of like, um, like trusting, trusting people, like trusting that it's okay that Tamara is adding something <laughs> to the grudge. Like, like, I don't know. We just, we have these like cognitive dissonance moments. It makes me think about when um, someone who presents as the alternate gender of it, it, like going into the bathroom. So like, let's say a trans person going into the bathroom that does not match their outward, like the way they present and like how people get so like they, they like I think they're like there's cognitive dissonance like their brain charge circuits and like they're it's like can we just trust that people can know what they're doing and if Jeremy doesn't if if indeed Tamara is a stranger throwing her yogurt at Jeremy that Jeremy will then take care of it and be like actually this is not my yogurt like why why do we have to like why do we have to get up in there and yeah it's, it's like, why do we have to make judgments based on what we see instead of trusting that what people are saying is their truth? That's it. Yeah. It's, it, it's such a weird, it's such a strange. I, I know one big shift that I had was, so we met in LA, super diverse. Everywhere we went was very diverse. Yeah. And then we moved to Denver uh, six months after getting married. And we'd never been to Denver. We, we just picked up with the three cats in the car, drove. And the first time we were in Denver was we were living there. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I love you both so much. That that's how you did it. Oh yeah. Um, and when we were driving up into the first like mountains, when you're getting into Colorado, it was snowing and we were driving a Prius <laughs> with three cats who had been in a car for two days screaming and us not ever driven in snow going, are we going to die on a mountain today? We don't know. <laughs> That's just how we live. <laughs> love it. But it, once we got there, you know, we start going out and doing things. Um, we we live downtown, so there's plenty of we uh, we could do within walking distance. It was it was really amazing. But as we're out, I'm looking around and I'm like, "You're the only black person here, honey. This is weird." <laughs> and, and was that the first time you experienced that, Tamara? Yeah, and I was mostly um, in a lot of places the only fat person too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was. You know, I grew up in LA and I was not like bullied. And so I don't want to take away from any other fat person that was like really bullied in their growing up stages. I wasn't really bullied a couple of times in my childhood. Some kid who got mad at me at during like dodgeball called me fat. So it wasn't really like I wasn't getting bullied or harassed on a regular basis. And I grew up in a super diverse area racially i'm i was always bigger than everybody but no one not my friends and family my community never made me feel that way and so living and growing up in la i've always been so comfortable in my body as it moves through the world going to denver it was the first time where i really felt like i was inconveniencing everybody and not only with my body but my blackness too because i would walk into a bar or we would walk into a bar and like people would look at us and be like, oh, and like kind of get quiet and in a strange way. And, you know, like, like it, some people would like make some off color comment and then go, oh, you know, I'm, I don't mean it. You know, like, oh, you know, I'm not like, and I'd just be like, oh, I, this is the first time I really feel like I am inconvenienced. Like my, me taking up space is not okay. And so that was a really weird 
uh, experience that we had in Colorado. I'm really curious about how that came into, or did it come into the relationship between the two of you? Because Jeremy's kind of, I mean, Tamara, you're, you're being very othered constantly. And Jeremy, you're not. Like, does that come into the relationship dynamic between you? I think it probably does because it, it's difficult for both of us to handle that mm. in, in our different ways, you know? Because I, I can only do support her to a certain degree and, you know, I can do what I can. But the, ultimately, the only way to, to protect her from that is to remove her from the situation, really. We are never leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> how did you know that's how he treats me today? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> well, no, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> Hold up a sign if you need me to do anything. <laughs> Where's my little... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah. It's, we had an incident in uh, Denver and, and at a New Year's Eve party. And um, so we were there with some of his coworkers that had become friends and all white, all thin um, and had a great night, you know, dancing, doing the whole thing. When it came to leave, it had started, it had been snowing. So Ubers were taking, and it's New Year's Eve. So Ubers were taking a really long time. So there was our little group of people and then several other groups of people who were in the bar after hours. It was like 1 a.m., 1.45, almost 2 a.m. And we're all still just trying to get an Uber, but no one's standing outside because it was literally zero degrees and snowing. Um, so we were standing in there and I had been watching the staff. They're starting to like, you know, clean up and kind of do their own little party celebration. Me, I'm just going... <laughs> Just like watching them like have a good time. They're starting to pour each other drinks and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, that's so cute. So I guess the one of the bartenders thought that I was judging him or something. I don't know what his, why, but he comes up to me, this white guy, and he's like, you need to leave to only me. Mind you, I'm standing in a group of people and there's other groups of people there. And he comes to me and goes, you need to leave. The bar is closed. And I was like, Okay. It's like, well, I am. I'm, this is my phone. See the Uber? It's coming. Yeah, but you can't be in here. You have to leave. Only to you. And every like everyone's like close by you. It's not like you were alone. Oh. And so it just be, and it just kind of, and you know, I don't know if it was the cocktails or if it was the activist inside of me. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you have to get out. We are close. I was like, are you kicking all these other people out? Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, uh. I was like, no, I'm like, I'm not standing outside in below zero snow to wait for my Uber while everybody else is in here standing in warmth waiting for their Uber as well. I'm like, I don't understand what this is about. And he just kind of kept getting in my face. Jeremy had to jump, physically jump in between us. Oh my gosh. Yay, Jeremy. But that's awful. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, he came like storming towards her with his arms out like he was going to oh, grab her. And my so God. I stepped in front of her and I was like, you are not going to touch her, first of all. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just like the most bizarre. It's just like. But that wouldn't happen. I mean, that wouldn't happen if you were white. Right. Like, it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Jeremy, had you dated people of color before or is this like a brand new experience? Like being like experiencing racism in this way. 
Um, no, I've, I, I've lived with black women before and dated across the spectrums and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, but that was definitely something new for me, like experiencing it. Yeah. With, with my wife and, you know, the way that I feel about her. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do have to say on like one of like the, like kind of like the most basic levels that uh, cis women feel like secure in a relationship, you know, that really is really a foundational moment for me to like dismantle the idea that I need a big, strong man, football player type to protect me that, you know, protection comes in so many ways and it's not limited to your size, you know, that yes, my five, six, skinny husband will you know jump in and protect me and he's all very also very much also like not a fighter he's more of a pacifist probably than uh i think he should be (laughs) (laughs) we live in a purple state okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) jeremy did your instinct to do that did that kind of take you by surprise I don't think so. No. Yeah. You're like, no, not, not happening. Yeah. It felt so neutral. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's one of those scenarios where I like, I've, I'll just speak for myself. I've always wondered like someone punched me in the face. Like what would I do? Like I've, I almost, I don't actually want to get punched in the face, but you know, it's one of those scenarios where I'm like, how would I respond if there was like aggression in a very real physical way against me? Cause I've, I've had a, like, I've had, like, I was sporty and, you know, I've had, like, kind of physical altercations, but within the bounds of, like, sports and, you know, things like that. So what you're describing, like, someone really aggressively coming towards you, I, I'm, yeah, like, I, I don't, I think a lot of us maybe don't know how we would react in those situations. And also to our whole body takes over our nervous system, right? We go into all those kind of fight, flight, freeze responses and, and we don't know necessarily. So it's, I mean, I guess the upside is like, now we know how Jeremy responds <laughs> is getting threatened. I, I also that night played on their, what I was hoping would be white liberal guilt by <laughs> screaming out, you're really going to call police on a black woman? <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> Whoa, nice. <laughs> Yeah. I, did they all just fucking back off then and like let you wait? Yeah. My God, that's not a way to end a New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was such it was such a weird ordeal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is that's really dramatic, and I'm glad <laughs> nothing further happened and that you got in there, Jeremy. And but Tamara, you like I'm I'm actually just thinking. Ah, oh, I wonder if I could handle it like Tamara did because I just get like I often tend to get really snarky, which would just not like, and it would exacerbate in a negative way the situation. So I actually love that you like brought humor to it and tried to de-escalate and yeah. Oh no, with him I wasn't de-escalating. I was escalating, and I oh, was. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> And I just told him he was drunk and he had no business telling us anything as an employee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy kept going, <laughs> you work here. You are drunk. You are not supposed to be talking to us. You are not supposed to be drinking in the bar there. You work. Like, <laughs> Jeremy gets very, like, <laughs> like these are. Matter of fact. Yeah. Well, no, like, um, like these have legal ramifications. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll get people. A little more puff off. I'm a yes. little more puff off. Yeah. <laughs> I always say that, you know, God or the universe, whatever you believe in, 
keeps me out of a lot of things because the pop-off factor, I'm like always ready. I'm like, somebody say something. I've been storing it up. I'm ready. Like, right. I'm like someone like fat troll me because I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm the same. I, I started with a new physio for a new thing that I'm working on like two days ago. And I just, I was ready. I was like, say something, say something. I'm ready to talk about diet culture and how fatness and joints and like, I got like research ready. And sure enough, she did. And I got to pop off. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It it feels so good. It feels so satisfying. But you know, I always in my head too. And I I attribute this to my dad. He's always instilled in me in an emergency situation. Keep your head, keep rational, like keep thinking. And so as he it was escalating, I was thinking, I was like, okay, so if he touches me, what do I do? Okay, so if he does this, what do I do? So I'm always ready to be like, okay, if I, I don't like fighting, I don't want to fight. I'm an adult. <laughs> this yeah. seems like a waste of time. And I'm very pretty. Like, I'm not trying to, like, cut my face. <laughs> like, that just is so inconvenient for me. So I'm like, if I have to fight, I will. But I'm not. But I'm going to try to talk. I'm going to try to talk you to death. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm very pretty. I don't want to get in a fight. <laughs> I imagine that could be something fun to say in a moment like that, too. I'm too pretty to be in a fight. <laughs> Let's all keep it. Everybody listening. If someone comes at you, just say to them, I am too pretty to be in a fight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Jeremy, I want to ask you a question that you don't have to answer and we can totally like take it out of the podcast, but I want to ask it and see, see what you think. So one of the things, and Tamara, I imagine you hear this too with your clients. Certainly I've heard it as I've, from my friends, but also, you know, when I, when I did a lot of relationship coaching with um, what I used to call curvilicious ladies, I'm so embarrassed, but basically plus size fat women, (laughs) the biggest worry they had is that no person would be attracted to their fat body. And uh, Tamara, you and I definitely prove the opposite. And so Jeremy, my question for you is what is it that you love about fat bodied women or fat bodied people? It's so interesting to me, the, the idea of beauty that we have in, in our society, because it's like only a body is beautiful is how it seems to be like that's the only thing you're looking at is a body and okay that determines what beauty is which is so reductive um and to me women are just beautiful period and my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world (laughs) (laughs) but i you know i've just found beauty like always in in Really, it's not been specific to women in larger bodies or anything like that. Um, It's been specific to women who are not beanpole skinny for me. That that has always been like, oh, I'm just not attracted to to that body type. Um, And I don't, I'm not sure what that is. I'm kind of counter cultural uh, attitude (laughs) anyway. So that that is probably part of it is like rejecting the mainstream a little bit. Rage against the machine, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Thank you for answering. And Jeremy, I wanted to ask the question because I want any any fat person listening who's worried that they won't be found attractive by others because they don't meet our ridiculous 
body standards as set by capitalism, white supremacy, racism, dot, 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 um, that it's, it's bullshit. All, you know, there are many people that find all different bodies attractive and right. Like Tamara, does this come up for you when you work with people? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say for Jeremy, what, I don't even know if he remembers this, but I remember, um, kids going out of the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we were, we were in bed together. <laughs> trying to keep it as non-raunchy as I can. Oh, let's we were, go raunchy. I like it. I like raunchy. Uh, we were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he grabs my stomach. And it's like rubbing my stomach and like holding me there. And I'm like, no, like, stop that. Like, you know, like, that's weird. And he was like, I really, I like your body. And I'm like, okay, okay. And please stop talking about this. <laughs> but he was, he just would not, he'd be like, why is, if you were, if you had a different stomach, if you had a flat stomach, I'm still going to touch your body. He's like, I like your body. And then I remember him going like, He's like, yeah. And he was saying it to himself, really, because, yeah, I like this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. And so it kind of gave me what I've always wanted to do in my head with sexual partners and just, like, exist and not, like, be so caught up in, like, I got to cover my stomach. Maybe I should wear a shirt. Like, should I, you know, put on clothes? Should I put the sheet over some sort of way. And it took me out of like being so worried and then re like realizing and kind of remembering this person I've agreed to have sex with, they've agreed to have sex with me. Clearly they like what they see. So why should I have the audacity to cover my body? Like the, you walked, you, we knowingly walked into this together. So you're not rejecting me. You know? like, so <laughs> why would I think that I need to shrink myself, cover myself in any sort of way, you know? So it just kind of reaffirmed that. And I think after that, we've, I've just been so open and I, he's a, one of the reasons why I felt like confident enough to wear my first, like, you know, fat Keeney, my first, yes. bikini, you know, years ago, you know, I, even like him, like holding my hand as we're walking through the resort while I'm in a bikini was like another like source of, okay, I know deep down I'm okay. I'm getting validation and support that I'm okay. So let me just live and let me just enjoy. So it really like helped me just to, it unlocked like the really full enjoyment of sex. So I would say to anyone who's dating, like, remember, you've got, you both agreed to be here. So like no one is forced. So just be yourself. Like your body is good enough. Like your body is enough. Like your body is beautiful. All bodies are just so fascinating. I was also an esthetician. So I just like looking at naked people. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All bodies are just so like, enjoyable and fascinating. So I would tell that to anyone dating, just if you're, if you're in it and you're like, yeah, I want to have sex with this person and they want to have sex with you, be your full self because you'll have better sex. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can get present and actually be in the pleasure of it versus being worried about meeting 
to hide or cover or what are they thinking? There's nothing that takes us out of our bodies more than all of that stuff. And especially in the moments when you're supposed to be as hopefully as deeply in your body as uh, you can be. Oh, I love that. And Jeremy, do you remember that moment? Do you? I do. Oh. Because I remember touching her stomach and, and her stopping me and being like, why would I not touch your stomach? Like, it doesn't really matter, like, how the size of your stomach. Like, during sex, I'm going to be reaching up and rubbing on your stomach. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's just part of it. And, I, and it's, you know, reaching towards other things, maybe. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, what other things? It's just reaching all over. Just reaching. I love it. <laughs> yeah and i i remember the bikini too because that bikini was hot nice oh, you're so cute. nice <laughs> this is why we keep them all uh, right i mean how could you not how could you not i think another worry people have is like will my partner be embarrassed walking beside me so i love that you brought up the you and your fat kini tamra jeremy holding your hand walking because that like just that alone is actually a really huge thing for fat people to know that the people they're with aren't secretly embarrassed or feeling any of their own reactions to being with a fat person who's being looked at. Mm. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to I I've recently coined it. Tell yourself the ugly truths. Because like, if you're honest with that part of yourself, you know, and going, this is how I'm feeling and releasing some of that, then you get to enjoy and be in the moment and be present, you know, because it's okay that we have those biases. We have those like negative thoughts, like, because I mean, look at the society we're in. We have literally been told since the birth of America <laughs> and before that fat is bad. That it, and the messaging hasn't stopped and it's intensified. So, you know, you have to like go, okay, do I, wh where am I choosing to live? Am, am I choosing to live here in this place where everyone has told me all these bad things and I think all these bad things about myself and bodies and, or do I want to choose to live in a more liberated place, you know, like a place where I feel more free and I can just be myself and know that I am enough. And I mean, we, I've, since then, I've been, oh, remember um, our wedding trip in Mexico, the couple that was following us and taking pictures of me. That was the first trip. That was your birthday trip. That was the first trip? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the other trip. Someone was taking pictures of you, like your body? Oh, yeah. Like going to great lengths to try to sneak pictures. Mm -hmm. Following us around the resort. Like we, we got in the, in the, in the, in the water and this man ran out in the waves. So his wife could fake taking pictures of, of him and then shift the camera to Tamara. No. Mm -hmm. It was messed up. Yeah. Yeah. That I, one made me feel really icked out. Oh yeah. Cause you're like, Ooh, what are those pictures for? I don't know. It's the whole, that's very, very creepy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, they had been in the same place where we had lunch and then kind of followed us to the beach after we finished lunch going to the beach. Yeah, it was gnarly. If I if that happened today, I'd have a different response. Oh, but same. back then I was still wasn't really on this journey yet. Well, not this deeply yet. Um, it was like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't deeply on this journey yet. So we just kind of like ran. We were like, let's get out of here. Like, this is awkward. It's uncomfortable. I'm feeling so weird and self-conscious. And so we just kind of like 
grabbed our stuff and took off and went somewhere else in the resort because it was just such an awkward, I I feel like they were um, European. I think so. I feel like European people do that a lot. (laughs) Oh, there's so many layers in what, like that whole situation that happened. And I think what I really love what you said, Tamara, about if this happened now, I would, you know, it would be, a, I would do some, I would respond very, very differently. And I just feel like, not that anyone listening needs even more reasons to kind of start a liberatory journey, but it is, it does shift how you show up in these situations in a huge way. So instead of like, I'll speak for myself, instead of like internalizing shame, embarrassment, all of that feeling like I'm wrong, there's something wrong with me, I must immediately diet for the rest of like my life, you know, like all of that, those like old fucking messages. Um, it's like, no, hang on. This is not a problem with me. This is a problem with them. And here's what we're going to do. Like, it just makes us so much more proactive and not making it personal, making it about what it is, which is there is a problem with our society. Systemic oppression exists. And I can deal with these people at an individual level in a way that would actually feel empowering to me. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, like now I'm educated enough and I'm empowered enough and I'm solid enough in who I am that I could go up to someone and go, Hey, I see what you're doing. And this really sucks. Like, why are you taking pictures of me behind my back? Unless you think I'm Lizzo, I need you to like cut it the F out. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, when I, I really do feel like when you've worked on some of your internalized uh, anti-fatness and go through that motion, you don't hold on to it as long. Like it doesn't affect you as long. Like I remember the rest of the day I was like, I went and put on some clothes. I went and like, you know, put on a different outfit and was like, okay, well, all right. What do you want to do now? You know, instead of just really continuing to enjoy my vacation. But now I'd be like, all right, you're a weirdo. I'm going to tell you about yourself. And then (laughs) I'm going to go on and like, shake my ass and like be on the beach. You know? I'd be like, I'm going to report you to security and then I'm going to go and have a great day. And I hope you get kicked out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a different place to be in. Yeah. Wow. I want to bring us, I could talk to you all. I could talk you all. I could talk to you both forever. I have so many more things I want to talk about. I, I, w- I actually kind of want to have you back and talk about fat sex if you're interested. Oh, <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah, my husband. Sure. Okay. So maybe- <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk after. But I want to bring us to Joy because, of course, Joy is a key part of this podcast. And, and I can, I, it's been so beautiful talking to you because I just feel Joy coming from both of you towards each other. And it's so beautiful to witness and the joy that you bring, even as all these examples, all these things you've shared, like there's such a, I feel like such a grounded joy from both of you and you as like relationship, you like relationship entity. Right. And so what is, what, how do you interact with joy? Do you believe you can choose joy? How do you live with joy? What's, what's your approach as individuals and as a couple? Um, uh, I'll speak for my, as an individual first. Okay. Okay. So as a, for me, I seek it. I make sure that I am doing 
something every day that makes me feel happy, that makes me feel good, um, that makes me laugh. Um, and I've, I'm also someone who has battled depression and anxiety for as long as I can remember. Um, so even on my down days, I allow myself to me finding joy is also sometimes allowing myself to feel how I feel and then going, all right, babe, we've let it out. We feel it. Now what can we do to like feel good again? So I always have like a little something here and there. Like I, like the whole time I'm a big jokester. So if we laugh, if I can make someone laugh, that's finding that makes me joyful. Dancing, moving my body makes me joyful. Um, so swimming, we're big. We have a pool in our backyard. So swimming is always really joyful and grounding for us. I have also lived with uh, depression and anxiety. Uh, first time I remember it is when I was 11. Um, and then, uh, so that's something that I've dealt with. And one of, one of the big turning points for me in therapy was when uh, my therapist said, you know, hey, just look, what are some things you like to do? And so she wrote them on a board and then she just said, okay, you see these things, do them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, do the things that bring me joy and I'll be less depressed, huh? And uh, <laughs> I, know, I know it's not that simple, but it, it clicked for me in that moment. Um, and I started doing those things. I started seeking out those things. Um, uh, I was living on Venice Boulevard, like two miles from the beach. So I would go down there all the time and, and just hang out at the beach and uh, watch basketball. They had semi-pro league down there. That was a lot of fun. Some celebrities came down to play and everything. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and going to see shows and everything like that, uh, going to music shows, um, also playing basketball myself and swimming. Those are all the things that bring me joy. Um, and so I started doing a lot, a lot of that, a lot more. Um, and after that, after I brought joy into my life, I brought this joy into my life. And that oh. <laughs> made it better. <laughs> You're going to have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, it, you know, it is important that I, I needed to find myself and find love for myself first before I could love her the way that she needs to be loved too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think what you said, your therapist asked you to do kind of make a list of the things that you enjoy, the things that bring you joy. It is such a simple thing. And yet so many of us don't even know to do that. And then my coaching hat is like, yeah, you were returned to choice, like that you can actually choose to do things as opposed to just, I think so many of us feel, especially when there's anxiety and depression at play, like we, like we've lost all choice. We just kind of have to like move through the waves of whatever is showing up. And so, yeah. So if anyone listening has not made a list of the things that bring them joy, pleasure, delight, make that list. And I have people, I have my clients do this all the time. Like literally it seems almost ridiculously easy, which is why it's so powerful. Make the list put it on your fridge and your bathroom mirror, wherever you're going to see it. And like, do one of those things, even just for like 30 seconds a day. It's so simple, but it changes everything. I started doing this thing called desire days. And it's like changed my life where I book off a set amount of time. And I just in the exact moment in the present, I don't plan anything. I do whatever it is I desire. Ooh, I freaking love that. <laughs> 
Because do you know why? Because I was so disembodied. And when I started this liberation journey, I was like, someone asked me or there was some conversation about desire. And I was like, how do I even know what I desire? Because desire comes from the body, not the brain. And I didn't even like know how to connect to my body. So that practice has been pretty amazing to like keep me embodied and like listen to what it's asking for and what it wants to like like roll around in. Sometimes it's a nap. Sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's a McFlurry. Like it just, I just follow like, what does my body desire? I love that. And I feel like, I I feel like fat people, like if, because we've been, we've been taught to be disembodied so much. We've been taught to disconnect. Like our body is a problem. It is this thing over here. But if we embrace ourselves and really reconnect to our bodies, we really get to feel desire, joy, pleasure, like all of the things that just make you feel alive. And you, I always say, you know, a lot of what we do is a choice, especially where as you're an adult now, you do get to choose. You get to choose minus chemical imbalances, medication, things like that. But you get to choose how you move through the phases of life. You know, like, when you're down, you get to choose how you respond to it. Even if it's the most terrible thing that's ever happened, you get to choose to let yourself heal or you get to choose to be happy. You get to choose to ignore it. You get to choose to do whatever you want to do. So I always say like, make, make the choice that's going to lead to your deepest enjoyment of life, your deepest fulfillment of life, your deepest purpose and pleasure in life. Because even if it's hard to do, as someone who has sat in a depression for weeks, months, as hard as it is to like flip that switch, when you do, you just feel so different and it doesn't hold you down for as long. I still, when I have a depressive episode or have an anxiety attack, I know now for certain that it's temporary because while I'm feeling this, while my, my brain is doing this, my synapses are not synapsising. <laughs> like all of these things are happening while like the world is coming down on me. I know that, okay, this is happening. I can like sit in this and be okay to allow myself to take a nap, be under the covers, Netflix and, and zone out, which is my thing. <laughs> and, but I know that I can move myself on the other side of it. It's not permanent. So joy is the same way. Joy is not permanent. So you have to choose it. You have to like actively go after it. Happiness is not like an entitlement. It doesn't just happen. Like we don't just have a happy marriage because we are compatible. You know, we have a happy marriage because we choose to go, oh, this is a really hard thing or I, I am being triggered so terribly right now, but I choose to move through it. Like I choose to figure out a solution. I choose to remember that this is temporary, you know, and look at the bigger picture. So it, I think it all, you know, it all ties into like really choosing how you want to be and who you want to be. That is so beautiful, Tamara. We're just going to end there because that, I mean... <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you. Oh, so Jeremy, you're going to read 
us something beautiful. And do you want to share the origin story of what you're going to read? Sure, I can do that. This is, I'm going to read a few selections from this book, Clyde Song. While Tamara and I were first starting to date, I was writing a haiku every day and posting it online with the hashtag haiku of the day. And what I did inadvertently was document our whole time falling in love, which is very nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh my God. I'm like tearing up very nice. Like that is the most beautiful thing, Jeremy. I'm glad I have a record of it. Ultimately, I compiled them together and published them in a book called Clyde Song, which you can find on Amazon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so haiku is a Japanese form of poetry. It's uh, 17 syllables. You got five in the first line, seven in the second line, then five again in the, in the third line. Very short poems. Um, and what I did was I published the book and then surprised her by pulling the fully published book out when we were uh, with friends in Napa at a winery and read the, the whole book. It's, it's a short read. It took me 10 minutes. And uh, I was very annoyed, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and afterward, I, I proposed to her. Oh. And then were you still annoyed or did you get it? No, I, as I was like watching my friends like slowly become blubbering messes, I was like, wow, I'm a jerk. Like he's like reading some beautiful stuff and I'm just here going like, can you shut up so I can drink more wine? Uh. <laughs> and then I was like, so then I was like, okay, let me like be present. And, and I'm like, oh, these are really beautiful. <laughs> and then he got on one knee and I was like, oh. Oh, did yeah. the friends know? Time. Did everyone know, Jeremy, you yeah. were going to... Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's on YouTube, too. <laughs> Is it? Oh, can we include a link? Yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay. Okay. I'm totally <laughs> going to include that because sometimes we just... I just need to, like, watch love. Watch the love. The real love. Jeremy, that's a gorgeous story. I'm so excited to hear these. Thank you. Okay. So here's a selection from Clyde's song. You're so beautiful, the sun rises each morning to see you again. You're so beautiful, the sun envies you. Flowers blossom in your wake. You're so beautiful, far stars envy the sun's view. Never even blink. You're so beautiful, planets shift in their orbits just to see your face. You're so beautiful, I lost my damn mind the first moment I saw you. Thank you. Oh, Jeremy. It's so, I mean, I love you both so much. I love your love. Thank you. Thank you. I know, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little teary-eyed. Okay, right? You're about to have a good day, sir. He's going to have a nice day today. <laughs> I'm going to cook and everything. It's oh. a very nice day for you. <laughs> Yay. I have loved talking to you both. I'm so honored that you shared so much with me. And you're just, I'm so inspired by you both. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Thanks for, for having us. us. Yeah. I mean, the guests that you've had on your podcast and you yourself, uh, big shoes to fill. There have been some amazing conversations that you've had and with some amazing people that I look up to. So I am just incredibly honored that you had us on and would be back anytime. So we appreciate you. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. 
So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please do check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.